everybody. We are back at it this week after a much needed week off. Refreshed and ready to go for a brand new episode. And we're going to get back into things. Uh, pretty much going to be back in full swing of the CCD podcast from here on out. I uh, don't really have any more off weeks. Uh, we've got quite a few double combos coming up. We're going to drag this stuff over to CCD this weekend, Friday night. Uh, Rick Scott, uh, his trailer, Spot 70, if you all looking for a party. We will have the CCD podcast set up and do a uh, kicking it in the pits. Or kicking it, yeah, kicking it in the pits. Uh, second episode of that. So that'll be fun. Uh, several people I know are going to be down there. We're going to have fun. There's going to be some... I'm uh, thinking about doing a little something different on the pick a winner, be a winner. Uh, Rick Schaffner has himself Saturday. Uh, nobody's hit this. We've done like 15 episodes now. Nobody has hit the pick a winner, be a winner. So um, I've got something kind of neat planned. Uh, while we're down there doing the kicking it in the pits, we're going to have a... I got a custom little prize wheel done on my phone. Uh, you spin the wheel. If you land on pick a driver... Then you get to pick any driver that you want in any class to win. <clears throat> so if Rick Schaffner doesn't win, uh, obviously if Rick Schaffner wins, he's he's winning the money. But we're going to have other people involved in it. Uh, so you get a chance to win some money. It's I'm just going to go ahead and make it a flat $200 right now. So if you pick a driver, you're getting 100 and that driver gets 100 when he wins. If you pick yourself and you win, well, you're getting all of it. You're getting 200 bucks. So, um, but... The wheel does not contain just pick a driver, <laughs> so that's where the uh, that's where it gets a little tricky here. So you spin the wheel, you're either going to land on pick a driver, or you're going to land on do a shot. Uh, so you're doing a shot of liquor, shot of alcohol, whatever you're drinking. Uh, you're doing a shot if you land on pick a shot, or you're going to land on chug a beer for four seconds, whatever, whatever you're drinking. If you're drinking a cup full of vodka, uh, you're chugging it for four seconds. If you spin the if you dare spin the wheel to try to win a chance to pick a driver for pick a winner be a winner uh just know that there are going to be some in there that uh might have consequences like doing a shot or chugging some beer or whatever you're drinking or there might be a few uh ten dollar gift cards to five bugle, five bugle barbecue uh thrown there so uh we'll do that and hopefully we get about four or five maybe six seven eight people that uh has a driver and we can pay somebody this money so i've been holding on to this for a while so we uh hopefully we'll get a winner on this this week uh, but anyway, we got a double weekend coming up, and uh, we'll talk to Rod Veland here in a little bit. Uh, I'm sure he'll talk about this upcoming weekend. I know we got Friday fun, Friday fun night. Uh, we'll be on a prep track. We're gonna have Saturday. They're giving out Wallies uh, to Pro Class, Super Pro, and Sportsman. Uh, if you don't have a Wally, you might want to show up and try to get one. This is gonna be. They don't do this often. Uh, maybe two or three times a year. So we got some Wallies to be given, given out uh, this Saturday. And then uh, if you're going to race Saturday, you might as well stay the night and race on Sunday because I got some extra bonus cash given out uh, on Sunday for all three classes, Super Pro, Pro, and Sportsman. Uh, so it's a pretty big weekend for CCD, and uh, not to mention we've been off for two weeks. Uh, I went and raced uh, a week ago at Havana. They had the uh, Fast Eddie Young Memorial. Uh, that was a pretty good deal. Um, it's the first time I've been to Havana in quite a while, probably 12 years or something like that. Uh, it's a nice facility. It's a nice track. It's a little dusty. Uh, so I know people call it the Dust Bowl, but uh, yeah, I, I can kind of see that. There's some dust there. But uh, overall, it was a well run program, smooth. Uh, Vashon Young, 
putting up the money uh, for that, his dad's memorial. And Vashon's just one hell of a dude. I talked to him quite a bit while I was down there. I really like Vashon. I never really knew him much before the Robbie Easton memorial race that we threw together. And uh, Sean stepped up, or Vashon stepped up and uh, helped out with that. And uh, just a really good dude. Um, really, really nice guy. Does a lot for drag racing. He's done a lot for Coles County Dragways. Does a lot for Havana. But uh, Vashon's a really good dude, and it was nice to get to see him and talk to him the, uh, a couple weeks ago over at Havana. And it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good turnout for cars. Uh, they had the uh, race going on at Terre Haute. Had a couple of our guys over there racing in that. Um, <clears throat> a couple people over at Havana that was CCD guys. Rod Veland brought his uh, Corvette down there and got to play around a little bit this weekend. Uh, and then this past weekend, we had the U.S. Nationals over at Indianapolis. Some of you went over there and watched some of that. Uh, not me. Never been there. Never didn't really have plans of going, but I'll, I'll probably eventually go to one of these days uh, and uh, try to see what that's all about. I know it, I've heard it's it's quite an experience if you've never done that before, but uh, one of these days. But it was nice to have a couple weekends away. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I wasn't planning on racing at Havana. I was planning on having two weekends of me time, uh, some home time, get some stuff done. And and I still did get some stuff done uh, this past weekend. But it's it's exciting uh, to be back at Coles County Dragway. We've had a couple weekends off. And uh, we're going to go back at it this coming weekend. So uh, good stuff there. And, and obviously you got the Wallys and you got the extra cast. So uh, looking for a pretty decent car count uh, with, you know, having a little bit of a break and uh, some people not racing for a couple weeks. Uh, maybe itching to race. I know I'm itching to get back down there and uh, race at Coles County Dragway. So that's good times. Um, and then we got the uh, Junior Dragsters uh, going to race in the um, to represent Coles County uh, for uh, Division Three stuff. That will be over at uh, St. Louis Division Three Championship. Uh, six to nine years old, Natalie Angel is going to be the representative for Race of Champions. Uh, Ten to twelve is Andrew Long. Uh, and 13 and up is Tucker Mack, and I know I seen uh, Mike was commenting about didn't know if they're going to get to go, uh, and Mike is indeed going to go get to go and uh, help out Tucker and and you know hey they're two peas in a pod they're 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 you know a really good team they work well together Tucker always seems to do better when his dad's down there and helping him out so uh, happy for happy for Mike and and Tucker for that all working out and them getting to go down there together uh, but congr or congratulations first of all. Uh, to the guys that's, you know, getting to represent the guys and girls getting to represent uh, Coles County as race of champions and good luck. Uh, go down there and get some wallies. We love to see uh, our local junior dragster drivers go elsewhere and have success. It's a pretty awesome deal. Uh, moving on, 2022 ET Bracket Finals is just right around the corner. If you are on the team, uh, make sure you go do the Bracket Finals tech inspection. It's an online deal, so go fill that out. I just now got it done this week, and uh, I had a few issues, but it wasn't too bad overall. I mean, you basically just need to fill out the stuff that's required. Uh, there's some stuff that if you don't know about, just leave it blank if it's not required. Uh, or if you need any help, I'm sure Rod would help you uh, with that. But anyway, uh, U.S. or I mean not U.S. Uh, Indy Bracket Finals Division Three uh, coming up two weeks. Our team is set, and here is what it looks like: Super Pro Denny Cats, Race of Champions representative Jim Treat, Jay Billingsley, Daniel Earhart, Chad Isley. John Smiley, Kevin Dively, Adam Hughes, and Bad Brad Olmstead. Those are going to be your representatives in Super Pro Class. Uh, pro Class, Rusty Hill, myself, Race of Champions, Kim Niemeyer, 
Jim Tree, Ron Hill, Ellis Booth, Jim Chittick, Gail Cook, Bill Aubrey, Rick Wells, Chad Isley, uh, Amber Billingsley, Andy Campbell, Terry Willard, Rick Schaffner, and Bob Fitzpatrick. Moving on to the sportsmen. Uh, Chad Isley is going to be the race of champions representative in the sportsman category. Katrina Murphy, Ellis Booth, Caleb K. Wood, David Lyons, TJ Evans, Tony Lyons. And then uh, we got Chad Isley going to do the Super Pro bike. Uh, he'll be the race of champions in that uh, in racing in the class. Jesse Fritz going as our high school representative. Uh, and then you got Doug Goad. Uh, I believe he's going to be the track manager race. Uh, and then you got your alternates is going to be um, Tim Muchow. Uh, and then I believe uh, they have an electric vehicle. I'm not sure on that yet. But um, my guess, if there's going to be an re- electric vehicle there, it would probably be Chad Isley. Uh, so there's your uh, 2022 bracket finals team. Pretty stout team. Looking forward to it. I, You know, there's a couple people that could have went that didn't go. Uh, that would have made it, you know, uh, even more of a stout team. Uh, Corey Butler was one of them. Uh, I was a little salty when I seen uh, Corey back out. I, I, I'm, I like hanging out with Corey. I was looking forward to partying with him and hanging out and um, uh, seeing him kick some ass over there. But uh, just other plans for Corey that weekend, so he backed out and that moved in a couple other people. So uh, good luck to all that are going to the bracket finals. Like I said, fill your bracket or your uh, inspection cards out. Uh, t-shirt orders get with rod i think everybody's pretty much got their stuff in for that uh but it'll be a good time i'm looking forward to it uh it's we might take this uh podcast over there and do that kick it in the pits over there at the bracket finals uh so that'll be fun and uh yeah it's just it's going to be a good time i have an interview lined up with rod velan this is going to be an interesting interview um so and it might go a little bit longer than most interviews i know there's a lot of stuff to talk to rod about uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not really going to sit on here and talk much. Uh, probably going to go ahead and go straight into this interview and then, uh, try to keep the, uh, episode fairly short. It's going to be long anyway, if we have a long interview with Rod. So I'm going to go ahead and go to the phone lines right now. And we're going to go ahead and get into this interview. I'm looking forward to this. It'll be interesting to ask some of the questions that I've got right down here and, and go into some of these subjects. Um, so, uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines right now and get Rod Hot Rod Rod Velan on the phone. All right, this week, uh, special guest. This guy, you all know him. If you're listening to this show, you know exactly who this is. Uh, but you might not know everything about him. So this is going to be, we're going to key in on Rod Velan this weekend. And we're going to get to know Rod a little bit better. Because honestly, there's a lot of stuff about Rod that I don't know. I know that he runs the track. I know that he owns the track. I know that he races. But there's a lot of stuff uh, with, his, with his history of racing that I don't know. And maybe we can get some of that out of, out of him uh, today. So, uh, Rod, welcome to the show, man. Well, thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm doing good. This is uh, this is one of them deals. I've been waiting to do this, and I've been waiting for the right moment. Um, I really like to get racers on here that, you know, had success throughout the week, uh, kind of give them a shot. And then, you know, obviously we ain't raced in a couple weeks, so this uh, really not a lot to talk about going on at Coles County Dragway. So this is a perfect opportunity, and it worked out well. Um, actually, I didn't know if we were going to get to do this this week or not. You said you had some bowling to do tomorrow. Or to know, it's tonight, isn't it? Yeah, here in just a bit, we start our 2022-23 season. And this is at Arcola? Is it all all your games bowled at Arcola? No, I bowl in Charleston. Ah. Lucky Strike Lanes, our uh, 
awesome paramedics and EMTs actually own the bowling center. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know yes. that. Now, did you ever go to Arcola? Because they used to have a, a bowling alley, and I know that's a little bit closer. You know, I don't, I've never been to Arcola Bowling Alley. I didn't even know they actually had one. Well, I don't know if it's still up and going right now. I know when I was a kid, um, when I was still in high school, they did like a lock-in type deal where you bowled all night till like 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but oh, a kid sure. I went to school with, his dad used to run that bowling alley. Uh, but I wasn't sure if it was still around or not. Uh, you know, most of the smaller bowling centers and, and the bowling business is actually where I was at way before the military, but... Um, most of the smaller centers and the smaller towns have all pretty much closed up to be honest yeah it's kind of a um you know one of them deals it's it's if you're not in a really big city where you got a lot of business every night it's hard to survive uh you know you're you're going bowling this tonight so we obviously know that's one of your hobbies uh you went racing this weekend you went racing last weekend i believe at havana well yeah it was because i was there um you know you've finally got an opportunity to get out and play with the new toy you got a new race car this year uh you've been working with it and trying to get it ready and you finally got it out uh what did you what'd you think overall i mean how'd the car do car was absolutely you know perfect it was flawless um i had my old motor in it from my other car so i i knew it was reliable dependable and and would repeat and and it did um now the driver lacks some uh seat time and uh <laughs> it, it definitely showed uh at the finish line two times and uh on the starting line one time so uh yeah it, it's yeah. tough if you don't if you don't get a chance to do it every week um, you know, honestly, you just taking a month away from the stuff, you know, it really, you just kind of knock off the rust. It's, it's a little hard to just jump back in. And I mean, a lot of people, you know, there are some people that can do it, you know, that ain't done in a long time. And, but it I, honestly, you know, it took me a while to get to where I'm at now. I mean, I, I raced back in, you know, 10, 15 years ago and I took, I took some time off and, and getting back into it. It was like, I was so frustrated with the sport. Like I, and then, you know, I just kept driving me even harder to just keep working on the car and just keep coming back and keep coming back because I knew that, you know, back in the day I, I could win races. And then it's like, you know, I get out here now and it's been so long since I've been in the car, you know, things have changed. Uh, technology's changed and the way people race have changed. And it's like, man, I got to stick with this because, you know, if you take time away from it, it's, it don't take long for you, you know, get a little rusty at it. No, not not at all. I mean, it, it's the same for bowling and, and just about anything, you know. Oh yeah, everything everything's hand-eye coordination basically, and and when you stop using those muscles, even just for a little bit, um, it can take a while to to get it back. So, oh yeah, with uh, you with your with your deal, you know, owning the owning Coles County Dragway. Obviously, you got the car. You've been out two weeks in a row now. You're having a blast. How is it, I mean, what is your future plans? Are you able to do this more often, um, maybe in the future, or is this just going to be something that you're only going to get a chance to do, you know, three or four times a year? Well, yeah, it, it, as long as I still have the track, racing myself is just about near impossible. Yeah, um, I mean, I kind of figured... Um, I wasn't sure exactly what your plans... Because, I mean, it, that's got to be tough to... I mean... <laughs> that is a beautiful beautiful car you got and it's a badass car it's fast it's got to be fun 
and I know you want to get better and, and keep doing it and, and keep working on it and, and go some rounds. And obviously, like you just said, you know, seat time is the most important. So I wasn't sure exactly what the plans were there. It's got to be tough to just sit there and watch that or sit, sit there and look at that thing in the garage every week and not be able to get out there and do it. It, it is. Um, I, I wish I could find somebody that would, you know, take my spot over in the staging lanes and then maybe I, I could race a little bit more often or, or even if somebody was interested in taking over the track, you know, I'd love to race. Right. Um, but I feel committed to the community. I feel committed to the people that were there. You know, I, I could have left this place, you know, 10 years ago and it wouldn't have been a big deal because I really didn't know anybody. So how, done with Darwin. how long have so, you owned the track? This will be our 13th season. 13th. Wow. So as far as your history of racing, you know, you've owned the track 13 years. Obviously you raced before you ever got into managing a track what is your history where did you race at was it all, mostly all hawaii um no i, I started at uh, 16 at gateway um mid-america raceway in wentzville um Peavely down at i-55 mm-hmm. uh, all the tracks you know in missouri um as a kid i mean they say I was sitting in the back of an El Camino in a stroller while dad would go and make passes. And he was also a tech inspector at one time. So, <laughs> I mean, I've been around it. My, when I was a kid, you know, you know, most parents that, that have a race car, sometimes their kids may, uh, sacrifice certain toys or certain things. Oh, so yeah. my jungle gym was his roll cage. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I've been around it all my life from stock cars to dirt cars, you know, and and drag cars and and he did it all so that's pretty much your you know that's kind of what introduced you to drag racing that was going to be my next question who really got you involved in this so your dad was a bracket racer um he was more of a he had a a couple old impalas and he did a lot of class racing you know in the in the 60s and 70s um and then uh kind of the 70s hit and he didn't have work for a while and kind of sold everything and got out of it. And then when I turned 16, you know, my first car was a 69 Nova. And of course I wanted to go over to gateway all the time and run. And, and I, I did that a little bit, not as, as much as I wanted to. Um, I honestly didn't get into bracket racing heavily until after I joined the military and was stationed in Dias Air Force Base in Texas. And uh, pretty much from then until, you know, I took over the track almost every single weekend, whether I was in Hawaii, Alaska, Texas, or if I was on a trip somewhere, I'd get a rent a car in California and go to a track or, you know, I've even raced in England. Um, really? So, yeah, I mean, if I went on a, a what they call military, it's called a TDY when you go on a temporary duty. And, uh, I'd always look up where was a local casino if they had one. <laughs> <laughs> on my off time and uh did they have a drag strip close that i could go to and either watch or run in street or you know whatever class it was so so absolutely you 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 were in hawaii due to the service um and then you know you met donna i'm assuming you met her down there um you lived down there for a while is that correct i was there for 12 years 12 years do you miss it oh all the time (laughs) i i I was, I was betting Carl back in the day and, and a whole bunch of people, you know, my paycheck that I, you know, when I, cause I was forced to leave Hawaii and spend my last, uh, six years in, uh, at Scott Air Force Base. Um, I mean, most people only get to stay in Hawaii six years. So for me to stay 12, you know, I had to have done something right. fairly right to be able to stay that long. 
So I was always betting him that I would be back, that I would be back. But, uh, you know, Donna had never left the island. or She had left the island to visit, but she had never lived off the island. And I really thought, you know, there's no way that she's going to want to stay in the mainland. But after, you know, the first year or two, we'd, we'd go on little mini vacations to Kansas or Memphis or Chicago, and you could do a two-hour drive and be somewhere versus an eight-hour plane ride. <laughs> right. And I think the first time that I really noticed that there was no way that we were going to have to leave was one January. We had a front room, and that's where my computer was, and I was doing some work, and it was about probably 7 o'clock in the morning, and I, and I hear some, like, swishing sounds. And I'm like, what in the heck is it? And then it's starting to get cold in that front room because the Mm -hmm. front door was open. So I went and looked out, and there's Donna in her flip-flops and shorts sweeping the snow because she had never shoveled snow or knew what to do with it. She was sweeping the snow off the front porch. And I said, well, I guess she's not a local girl anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that's. uh, I tell you what, that's got to be a crazy adapt you know trying to adapt to going from hawaii to illinois like so speaking of illinois how how did it become illinois i mean originally you you grew up in the missouri area st louis area um you, right. you you traveled around in the military you meet donna in hawaii you stay in you know hawaii for what'd you say 12 or 13 years and then you're you're in illinois what what brought you to illinois of all places well um my parents are in Missouri and St. Louis. Most of my relatives are all in the St. Louis area. Right. And when I was kind of forced to leave Hawaii, they pretty much said I could go wherever I wanted to go. And my kids hadn't been around their grandparents much, you know, maybe a week or two out of a year, their cousins and different things. And so I I picked Scott Air Force Base. I mean, it's 20 minutes from St. Louis. So I knew that on any given day, I could have dinner with my parents if I wanted to or, or whatever. So that's really what brought me back to the st louis area and or illinois so you you move that you move that you, you know how do you convince donna that that's where you're going to end up staying because <laughs> i feel like that would be a really uh tough conversation to say so look we're going to leave hawaii and we're going to move to <laughs> oak what is it, oakley or oakland oakland Oakland, Illinois, um, and then you're going to buy a racetrack. How did, how exactly did that conversation go? Well, you know, honestly, I mean, she her, her dad was in the military, and they lived in Japan for a bit and Hawaii. Um, and so she knew that being a military brat that, that they moved. So I don't think it was that big of a deal when I got, as they say, orders uh, to Scott Air Force Base. Right. Now, as far as staying and not going back um i think that was just through attrition of her actually enjoying the four seasons her enjoying to be able to just get up and go somewhere for a weekend right um, and not have, on the island i mean i didn't ever got island fever she didn't have island fever but there's people that do uh you know uh, matt lauterbach's uh son i can't even think of his first name right now he was in the, the Marine Corps stationed on the same base, and he couldn't wait to get out of Hawaii and get away from the military. Just to get and yeah, get off the island. He couldn't, he couldn't stand it, and, but I loved it. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that really it really wasn't even a hard conversation. Now, the drag strip, uh, that may be a little bit different story. <laughs> uh, but staying in Illinois, I, 
it really wasn't really wasn't that big of a deal. What possessed you to ever own a racetrack? Because obviously, I don't think that you know. I mean, you know, me and you've talked, and I've pondered the idea of what it'd be like to manage a racetrack. But it, when it really comes down to it, um, I don't think I could give up the actual racing. I mean, I, I don't think I could give up racing. I enjoy it way too much. Obviously, managing a racetrack, there's a lot to it. Um, what possessed you to want to decide to manage a racetrack instead of just, you know, going racing every weekend? Well, I was, I had retired from the military and I was working for Lockheed Martin and my buddy Darwin, who was my original partner, right? Um, he was getting ready to retire and he was looking for something to do. His wife was back at uh, Whiteman Air Force Base in the middle of Missouri. I was trying to convince him to come to Scott Air Force Base because, you know, there's lots of jobs around there with the military. And, you know, we just got to talking about, you know, when we were in Hawaii and, and Carl's brother, uh, Paul, had owned the racetrack and, and I had ran it for him sometimes when he wasn't available or, or did just about every job you could do at that drag strip. And just, you know, in Hawaii, you've got a captured audience um, who there's only one track on the whole island. There isn't one there today, but there was only one track. And uh, we'd have 250, 300 cars on a Friday fun night. Wow. Testing the tuning. I mean, that was like, that was like an average night. That wasn't a special night. Wow. And so Darwin and I were actually looking south um, so that we could be open 11, 12 right. months out of the year. And uh, Havana was for sale, and I didn't think I could get past uh, the previous owner's doings and uh, had talked to Ron Beach a bit because I used to come up here and race when Gateway was closed and, and uh, kind of found out some stuff about it and how potentially it may not be around unless somebody bought it. And so... It was kind of a song and a dance, and next thing you know, Darwin and I had it, and uh, we've had it ever since. Now, as far as keeping it, uh, you know, the first probably four to five years, it was it was pretty bad financially. Right. And we were not really equipped to be able to take money out of our account to keep it afloat, mm -hmm. and, and we had to do that a couple times. And so I started to build a bond and a commitment and, and, and I felt like I had to be loyal to the community and loyal to the racers that was there. And, and basically is the reason why I've, I've stuck around. Um, because I feel like if I leave, nobody's going to buy it. So then it'll be gone. And, and I don't plan on leaving the area. So that means I've got to drive all the way to Havana or right. Terre Haute or Indy to race. And I don't want that. So, you know, kind of, it is what it is. What, as far as manage a racetrack, what, I mean, I, I don't know how many days out of the week does it take you um, out of your out of your schedule to manage Coles County Dragway? Because a lot of people might just think, oh, you know, he's there maybe one day out of the week, and then he's there on the weekend when we're racing. What exactly does it go? I, I, I know you, you do a lot with the website. You do the points. You do everything. I mean, how many days out of the week does it take you to manage this racetrack? I'm assuming it's probably all of them. During the race season, it's every bit of seven days a week, especially if we run Sunday. Right. If we don't run Sunday, then that's kind of my day to do points, maybe watch some football or some baseball or, you know, or, or, or drag racing on TV or something like that. 
but then, you know, Monday hits and it's, it's bam, bam, bam. And the next thing you know, you know, it's Friday and it's, it's time to, to open up the gates, uh, for everyone. So during the winter, it, it's a little bit slower, but I, I'll bet you that I work a good four days a week, maybe five in, in the winter time, you know, getting the schedule ready, going out, trying to get more marketing partners or renewing the same marketing partners, trying to do, get the banquet set up. Um, it, you know, it's, there's a you gotta lot winterize, that goes into you gotta, it. You got to winterize the place, you know, and right. then you got to unwinterize it, you know. So it it is a it is a lot of work. You got the division three banquet that you got to go to. Um, there's tech meetings that you go. I mean, it's it is. I will tell you that uh, Carl's brother Paul, I, he had some guys that did a lot of stuff for him. So he didn't have to work a whole lot and he raced and in talking to Ron before I bought it, you know, Oh yeah, you work a couple hours a week and, but you gotta be there every weekend, but it's not much. Uh, that wasn't true. <laughs> at, at least, at least if you want to have it presentable in my opinion and right. have things right. And have things right. So um, you, you touched a little bit, you know, you're obviously it's, you know, you, you, you pretty much clarified that it's a little bit rougher on you, you know, especially when we run Sundays you know, this is always something, you know, I've never really heard the, you know, explanation on this, but you look around and you see a lot of comments on social media or, you know, people just flat out say it, they just don't like racing on Sundays. Um, from a financial standpoint, is it really, is that is that pretty much the goal is, is because of the financial standpoint of it, is the racing on Sundays? Um, obviously, you want to get more racing in throughout the month uh, because, you you know, you're on a monthly lease or, you know, um, and you want to try to make as much money as possible. But, you know, you, you, you obviously you've seen car counts. We've all seen car counts on Sundays, and it's a lot of people. And, and you see it Saturday night, you know, you, especially Saturday night. You see people just start pulling away. And it's like, you know, you have an RV. You know, you, I see a lot of people pulling away in RVs um on saturday nights and i see a lot of people pull out on sunday mornings that stay the night on saturday and they just don't want to race on sunday so i gotta add i mean what what do you think is the reason for that um what what can be done to keep these guys there on sunday or i mean from a financial standpoint is it even worth running on sundays to you i mean I, obviously you know i like racing i i'm not particularly fond of sunday racings but i mean for the most part i'm there i'm gonna race um you know but it just seems like sometimes that you know you might have a good day on saturday and make you know a decent amount of money maybe not a bunch and then sunday you know it look you look around and it's like man he's got to be losing money today so does it really average out by the time you make a little bit of money on saturday and then you lose a little on sunday how does that factor in with the financial part of it well, you kind of got a, a couple of part question there, but it, it's, it's really a, a numbers deal. So based on insurance, based on division three, um, fees, based on NHRA fees, the amount of races to have in order to get things at a reasonable price, ah. I almost need to have, you know, at least a couple of Sundays a month. So if you look at, we do a couple in May, we do a couple in April, we do one in June, we do none in July, 
We do a couple in August, a, a couple in September, and then the last three weekends, usually in October. If you average those out, it ends up being about two a month. But we don't do it. We don't really only do in, any in, in uh, June or July. Right. And we just barely start up in August. Now, this year we did start August Sundays a little bit earlier. Um, and that was basically two things. One, there the gas shortage, or not mm-hmm. gas shortage, but gas prices. prices. Right. There's a lot of people who say that if it was two days, it's worth my money to run the hall. Right. You got a guy, and, and Bob Paul's going to be there every weekend no matter what, but you got a guy like Bob Paul who's 15 minutes away. Right. It don't really matter to him if we're open two days or not. Mm-hmm. Right? But a guy from Springfield or from Chicago or from the St. Louis area or down you know south, it, it's not really worth it for them to come one day. So you have to try to appease both parties. Now I was just up in Michigan, you know, this past weekend and there was over 180 super pro entries. I'm not talking on the property. I'm talking super pro and Oh yeah. Pro probably had 150, 130 sportsmen (laughs) only had about 50. It was pretty bad. And juniors were really bad. There was only about 60 juniors. Okay. And they ran and they ran Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hmm. And most of the people stayed Saturday night. And now, was this a big money event or just regular? 1500 to win, and they did not increase no the purse. No kidding. Wow. About th- I figured, you know, I'm, I'm a money guy. I'm a drag racer. I'm, I'm a pr- track owner. I figured they averaged uh, about, and they had zero spectators. I don't know if I've seen anybody sitting in the stands. Hmm. And, not, and not that we have a bunch ever, but I averaged, I figured they made about $13,000 a day profit. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be happy to make $13,000 in a year and they're making it in one day. <laughs> and, this, and this place is not, there's no big cities around it. Right. You know, it is a beautiful track. Don't get me wrong. It is, uh, it is nice. I, I held IHRA national events, I think, there at one time. Now, um, okay, so let me ask you this. How many tracks in this, in the Midwest are actually open that weekend? The weekend that you just ran, which was this past weekend, um, obviously, you got the U.S. Nationals going all, all, going on over at Indianapolis. Um, most of your tracks are closed. You got a few that are open. Do you feel like that that could be a pop? You know, maybe that's why there was that many cars, or do you just feel like that um, that's just <laughs> their normal crowd? I think it's their normal crowd because last year, Carl and I we got done on a Saturday and we loaded up my car and we drove up there to run on a Sunday a regular Sunday. And, and again, this weekend was not a big money event for them. It was 1500 to win in pro. It was 1500 to win in pro, uh, super pro. Um, so it was definitely not big money. Um, and I, I just think that's their, their normal crowd blossom racing engines, which is the junior dragster, uh, big wigs. Mm-hmm. They, they actually are right there. And I think that's why they got 60 juniors, um, wow. there for sure. But I mean, that was just a regular weekend. Um, at one point in time, when we first had the track, NHRA would fine us if we opened up because we were within 120 miles of Indy during the U.S. National. So, yeah, I, I want to touch on that real quick. Is that because just your NHRA sanctioned? I mean, could you do 
Um, I've always wondered this. Could you do like an unsanctioned race, um, or is it just because the track in general is sanctioned is through NHRA? I mean, could you just go on a regular um, race, like so, let's just say a uh, three thousand to win? Um, you know, no points involved. Is that the same situation? At, at today, I don't think it is. Previously, I think it was. Wow. Um, there, there was a pretty hefty fine that you couldn't make enough money in order to pay that fine. And <laughs> I think they, they did it because they didn't want to pull from their crowd and right. or their, are their car count. Right. Um, but and I tell you, we had a test and tune on a Friday, uh, before the U S national ones. And we, we didn't get any kind of fine for that. Um, it wasn't the greatest turnout and that's why we don't do it anymore. Um, but you know, it, it, it I have kept it that way here in the last couple of years because a, I I'd like to go and watch. I'd I'd like to race. It gives you guys. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. It it gives you guys a weekend off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it just kind of, it works out good for us now. I think that we could have had a big money race. Um, and I think it probably would have been fairly well, um, you know, turnout. Yeah. uh, Right. Well, you just came off of an off week. You were off the week before. You know, it seems like, you know, when you take a little time off, people are itching to get back into it. And and it just might, maybe only it takes one week. You know, I know that one week of me not going racing, which I actually did go to Havana, but, uh, you know, this weekend not racing, I am so like ready to get back in the car. And, and, you know, it's one of them deals when you, when you do it all year long and you're there every single weekend, you kind of get a little burnout. It's not that you get burnt out on the racing. It's the every other, you know, every life stuff that you just don't have time to do. Um, obviously my situation's different. I'm in a semi all week and I'm not home. Um, so, you know, getting that one week of rest and, and getting, you know, some stuff done around the house is always, you know, it's a really good thing for me, <laughs> but, uh, just taking a week off, I'm so ready to get back in the car. And it seems like, you know, it seems like when you take a week off the next week, it, the car counts are a little bigger. I mean, I, I, I can't say that to be, you know, a hundred percent sure, but it, you know, from what I've seen in the past, it seems that way. So yeah, it makes you wonder, you know, obviously you're, you know, just the same situation as I'm in, you know, you want to be able to go out and do the stuff that you want to do, um, and running a track every single weekend. I get it. You know, you take a week off that, you know, some people might not agree with, but you know, um, with, you know, the U S nationals, but there are a lot of people that like to go over there and watch that race. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, when I was over there, we went Friday to watch and I, I ran into a lot of regulars at CCD and then people who come, you know, two or three times a year to the track. Um, so, and so they, I didn't see a lot of people in the grandstands this past weekend when at, at the U S nationals, but right. I will tell you, you had a hell of a time trying to find a place to put a race car. Cause that <laughs> place was packed with cars. Wow. Packed. I've never been 900 some odd entries. I think they said unbelievable Friday is the greatest day to go because every single class that runs at the U S nationals runs at least once on Friday. And Hmm. so that's why I like to go on Friday to be perfectly honest. Right. So getting back to owning the track and, and managing Coles County dragway, you've been doing this 13 years. Do you have any regrets? Out of the 13 years um, that you've been doing this, is there anything that you look back on and think, man, I, sh-, you know, just anything you regret over the 13 years of doing this? Well, 
Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely gr- regret buying it, to be honest. <laughs> I think that I, I cost my family, you know, a, a lot of money. Um, we, we don't need anything. Um, but there's a lot of wants that we don't get to get because right. racetrack. And, you know, I, I made a lot of money when I worked for Lockheed Martin. We lived, def- definitely lived a different lifestyle. Right. Um, and so, I think my biggest regret is potentially not being able to do some of the things for my kids and for my wife that I could have done had I not bought the track. If you could go back 13 years ago and give yourself advice, would that be the one thing that you would have told yourself not to buy the track? (laughs) Or, okay, let me ask you this. Um, Let's say you've already bought the track. You've went your 13 years. You've been running it. Anything that you've done in them 13 years that you would go back and tell yourself to do differently? Yeah, you know, there's there's certain situations at the racetrack when either A, the car counts down or something happens and I probably didn't handle the situation appropriately. Um, you got to remember that I came out of a lifestyle that was, you don't question anything. When someone tells you to do something, you do it. Mm-hmm. And if they tell you to dig the hole twice and fill it back up, you just do it. Right. And, and there is no cost to satisfying someone. When I say that, I mean that in the military, you're getting paid a salary no matter what. So if I work 24 hours a day or five of my soldiers work 24 hours in a day, that's not a big deal. So there, you don't have a cost factor, whereas owning a business, you have a cost factor. Right. And so you have to really take some of that stuff into consideration. You can't please everyone. In the military, you can please everyone. And if you can't, you make sure that you do. Right. And so I think that was something that Darwin and I tried to do too hard in the beginning. Um, and and I think that that cost us a bit. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's probably decisions that I made um, that were probably if I'd have had an hour to think about it or a day to think about it I may have I definitely probably would have done it differently Um, there's a couple of specific racers and situations um, that I know for sure I probably should have done differently and sometimes you know you, you act off of emotion everyone knows that, that I wear my heart on my sleeve. So when I don't do something necessarily right, it's not because it's just rods away or the highway. It's probably that at that moment in time with whatever was going on, I felt like that was the absolute best thing for the track. Not necessarily for the racer, not necessarily for Rod. Definitely never. I'll, I'll tell you that Rod's, uh, how do I say this? The track and Rod's benefit is probably the last thing that goes through my head. It, it's always what's best for the track and or the racer. Um, and and that's honestly is not a good business model. What is best for the business is what should be the answer. 
Right. Hey, have you I ever, uh, do you have a business background at all? Like I'm, I'm, I'm no idea, um, what you did in the military or anything. Um, as far as a business education, like is anybody, you or Donna, either one had any kind of education in business? Um, I kind of, sort of, um, I, um, I ran bowling centers before I went into the military for the Brunswick corporation. Um, and then, you know, being in the military, as you grow in rank, you do be- get more responsibilities, and, and it's almost like running a small business sometimes. So, right. I mean, some for, I have some college formal education, yes. Um, Donna was in the insurance business and, and ran an office um, in Hawaii. So, I mean, we do have a small business background, I would say. Um, but I have a ton of experience, obviously, as a racer, right? As a Understanding, inspector, announcer, um, you know, running the gate or, or whatever it was that you know everything that I did in Hawaii, right? Um, and I was there for twelve years, and I think Carl's brother owned it ten of the twelve years that I was there. So I worked for him. I actually I worked for people before uh, his brother too. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would say no. Our formal training is probably not the greatest. I mean, oh, I just, I just curious. I didn't know. You know, a lot of people that go into, you know, wanting to buy a business. I mean, essentially owning a racetrack and managing a racetrack, it is a business. So I didn't know if there was some uh, business background with you guys or not. Uh, just curious, and you know, hey, you know, it's never too late. <laughs> I mean, you you can learn a lot of stuff through business stuff, and and you know, you, you've talked about you might want to give this up sooner or later. Um, hand it on to over to somebody else and you know is it going to be tough for you to sit back if that happens if that day happens is it going to be tough to show up if there's dramatic changes um you know is it going to be tough for you to not uh voice an opinion over some of that stuff if if i don't own it it will not be a big deal at all you will never see me go to another track and try to interject what i feel is the right thing to do. I may talk to my friends that I'm there with right. about it, but if Rusty Hill was to take over the track this weekend <laughs> and I showed up with, and I showed up with my car uh, and you did something that I didn't like, I'm just not that type of guy. I wouldn't do that. And but, but you know, let me ask you this: Do you? I know that's got to get old. You own Coles County Dragway. You make decisions every week that you know are going to have negative and positive reactions. Um, I guess what I should say is the negative reactions, is it helpful to you at all? Do you want to hear what somebody has to say if they don't like it? Do you, I mean, obviously... I've started to learn this over my time of, you know, <laughs> bitching and complaining on social media. It's a lot better to just go to you personally. Uh, and I try to sometimes. It's just, uh, you know, um, I, I feel like if I put it on social media, some people will agree with me on it <laughs> and it might open eyes. But I feel like, um, do you, do you, how, uh, as far as taking criticism, um, is it something you welcome as far as, do you want to hear people, what people have to say, what their opinions are, or would you rather them come to you, um, and, and not tell you at all? Like you just said that you, you, you know, if you were racing and I own the track and made changes, you wouldn't come tell me you would talk to your friends about it. And then I might hear somebody say that you said that. And I feel like that's something, you know, that you, that would frustrate you. 
if you know if somebody did that to you i think the difference is is that at cc if it were if we're specifically talking about ccd i consider you a friend and so afterwards i would come to you i would never put anything on social media right. but you, you got to remember, there's probably a 20 year age difference between us, and, and my generation doesn't do things right. the way the younger generation does. Um, you know, we call, we don't text, mm-hmm. um, and so as a, if it was a friend, I would go to them and and I would talk to them about it. Um, Rob Fisher has a, a famous comment that he says that you know, well, if you want to hurt them, hurt them with your pocketbook. Well, I, I kind of agree with that. So if, if, if it was Terre Haute and I went there and they were doing something that I didn't like or I didn't think was fair, I just wouldn't go again. Right. I wouldn't say anything to, uh, you know, if Tom Grover was still there, maybe running it, I would say something to him because he's a friend of mine. Um, but otherwise, I just wouldn't go again, you know? So how much do you consider, you know, if somebody calls you personally and it's the only phone call that you've gotten throughout the week, say you did some, okay, oh, let's just say the whole deal uh, a couple weeks ago, you, you changed, and I know the story on this, and we're going to talk about this, you changed the the race away to Friday night. And and for those that are listening, you know, I, I, found, about, I found out later on, um, actually a couple days later, that Rod did call most of everybody that was going to participate in that and made sure that they were going to be able to make it Friday. Um, and, and that's something, you know, that we, a lot of the racers don't know about the ones that, that didn't have any intentions of getting in the race away. Um, the ones that were just there on Saturday and heard about it and, and were talking amongst themselves. Um, they didn't know that. So that, that is a proven fact. He's told me that, and I've heard it from a few people that he did call people and let them know, you know, Hey, can you make it Friday? But let's just say that, um, one person called you on Saturday and talked to you one-on-one about it and said they didn't like the idea. If it was just that one person that, that told you that and nobody else, how much consideration do you take, um, with that, you know, that, uh, negativity? Well, I, I think I, I take it whether it's one or a hundred, a hundred obviously is a much bigger difference, but if, even if it's just one person, if they can come to me with facts, and not just because I don't like Sundays, right? Then my attention span, or or how I'm going to listen to it, is is definitely going to be a factor in, in how I decide to do stuff differently. Um, I can tell you that if you told me today that about something, no matter what it was, I wouldn't make the change for this weekend. I probably wouldn't even make the change for the year. Right. Uh, it, it would be something that I would implement the next year, mm-hmm. uh, or, or I would maybe bring up to the committee. Um, I, I know that I've leaned on that committee very hard this year. Um, Does it race. seem to be helping? I mean, do, do you feel like you get good input from them guys? Yeah. I mean, I do. Um, you know, we came up with some stuff that I thought was excellent. They thought was excellent, and it's not panning out. It's not. It's not changing anything. Yeah, not changing anything. it is really. I've said this before. It's really tough to sit back and watch the. You know, some of the stuff that a lot of the racers, including myself, have been asking for for years, um, has gotten you know changed to what we've wanted, and it just the car count. It's just I don't know what it is about this year. 
Um, I don't know if it's the economy. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. If, if it seems to me um, probably economy more than anything, uh, but there because there's a lot of good things. I mean, the pay structure is really well. I mean, those that think that we're only racing for eight hundred dollars or six hundred dollars, they're completely dead wrong. Uh, if you show up and there's forty cars in Super Pro, it's going to pay what twelve hundred? I think it's I think it's eleven or twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, I, don't I mean to... that's not that's not a bad deal. I mean, anywhere else in the country, you're going to go race. Um, you're not going to go to Terre Haute. You, you know, if they get forty cars, I don't think you're racing for twelve hundred or pro cars. If you get forty five pro cars, uh, I don't believe you're racing for twelve to thirteen hundred dollars. Um, you're not doing that. At, you're not doing that at Indy. You're not doing that no. at Gateway. You're doing that at Terre Haute. You're, and, you're doing it cd with a lot less cars exactly um so i i thought the pay structure was really well i thought I, you know i love the fact that you guys quit separating buybacks uh the lane choice situation there's a lot of stuff that we've been asking for and it just it really it, it pains me to see that it's not you know bringing people to the track because you're, you're giving us what we wanted you're giving us what we asked for and to you that probably looks like well see i told you guys you know <laughs> it doesn't matter uh you know them them little things is not making a difference um and one way or another just the way i was doing it was just getting just as many cars but um so yeah it does it, it sucks to see that you know the cars aren't there this year um but I mean, I just don't know. I don't know what else we, you know, I don't know what else to, you know, suggest or what you could do to get cars there. Um, do you have any thoughts or any ideas of something? You know, if you hold on to this track next year, obviously you're looking for a way better year than you've had this year. You've had some good weeks this year, but you've had a lot of bad ones. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that you've lost a ton of money. I don't really know the financial situation, but you know, people look around and they, they assume that you've lost a lot of money. So, um, any thoughts on next year? Um, well, I'll just say that we haven't made a bunch of money this year. We've, we've stayed afloat. We haven't lost a bunch of money. We've had some big money losing weekends, but that have been offset by some weekends before that, that were right. good. Um, no different than, you know, make a thousand on Saturday and, and lose 700 on Sunday. Right. You know, in the long run, we made money. You're still, yeah, you're not, still staying afloat. Not a bunch not a bunch of money. And honestly, if that would be the biggest, there's two things that would keep CCD not running by me or by anybody. That is, unless a millionaire, unless I won the lottery. But I'm saying that if it doesn't, if it doesn't make enough to pay for itself. And you have to start digging in your own pockets. Right. Which we had to do in 2014 or 15, I believe. Um, are the, both those years, I guess. Um, that or workers right i mean we went on that trip to michigan we were coming back stopped in a big town had like four burger kings in it we just happened to pull in one and uh we walked in the lobby we're standing there forever like dang when's somebody gonna help us <laughs> and finally a guy came out from behind the fryer really says our lobby's not open we don't have enough workers. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why was the door open to begin with? But okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's not just, you uh, know, trust me, I see it everywhere. It's, yeah, There's it is absolutely everywhere. So many and, places you know, we, I go to that I can't even get a meal because they don't have enough workers to stay open. Yep. I mean, we have a loyal, dedicated following of workers, a few. Yes, you do. And, and without them, we would not be, 
around. You know, and that's something I try to, because, you know, everybody gets frustrated with somebody, um, you know, at, at any kind of place of business. And, you know, I try to, you know, be a lot more generous about, you know, when somebody at the track or, you know, if there's something I don't like, you know, I try to keep it, you know, calm and, and not bring it up because, it, you know, in today's world, you know, at least they're there. At least they're working. They're willing to work. So, you know, it's hard to take it out on the guys that actually will show up and work um, as opposed to, you know, they could be sitting at home like a half the country and draw unemployment. But <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's one of them deals that, you know, I've, I've tried to become a better person about that stuff. You know, going to McDonald's and you're sitting there waiting 10 minutes on food that you should have gotten in five minutes or four minutes. And, you know, it's I see signs everywhere. Be uh, kind to the ones at least they're here and and decided they wanted to work or whatever and and it, I've tried to adapt to that but um, yeah you definitely got a very very couple loyal I mean there's two of them off the top of my head that I know that Greg Tim and Doug Oat are as loyal as can get Susie uh, the gay lady Olin I mean all them guys are just awesome workers um, and they're there every single week I, you don't hardly ever see them guys miss a week. Our uh, our medical team. I mean, you just you just obviously named almost everybody, right. and without a doubt, we can't do it without them. Kyle, you know the water box guy. Yeah. Yep. Has, you know, I mean, he has done an incredible job this year, and he's been there every single weekend. Um, doesn't complain. You know, works all those extra hours, and right. then don't forget when we get done and we're scraping. Oh yeah. In the morning. Mm-hmm. And then at six in the morning or five in the morning, you hear Greg and I out there. Oh, you know, yeah. working on the track and Doug's driving around picking up trash because I don't want the place to look bad for somebody who's yeah, coming Sunday. I, I, you know, <laughs> there's a, a lot of us that, you know, there's been times where, you know, we'd be out drinking and, and I'm involved in that group and we just kind of toss some cans off the side and I always tell myself, I'm getting up early in the morning and I'm going to get them picked up and every time I come outside to pick them up, they're already picked up. <laughs> it's like, damn, who's somebody got out here super early and picked up them beer cans. <laughs> So now uh, I know that's Doug. I have to. I'll give Doug an apology for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Greg too, and myself. I mean, it's all three of us. I mean, yeah. we. I. It, it's more me than them. I just ask them to do it. But, right. You know, I just when someone comes up that gate and they pull in, I do not want them to see a trashed out place. Right. Even though they've got to know that we were open two days. Right. I just. I just don't want it. And, yeah, I, and that's just my stupid military background. Hey, probably, Coles County has a very, very good um, background of being a very clean place. I will say that a lot of people that, that don't race there every weekend that do come every now and then, uh, like big money races and stuff, um, you know, they have a background of a very clean facility. And, and that's what we want to portray. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the medical team, I mean, you know, I, I heard on the podcast the other day uh, the the uh, roundtable one that you guys kind of did, and somebody mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, well, who knows if they're even certified. Well, I don't. I uh, can guarantee you that. Oh yeah, we would not open if they weren't a certified right. state of Illinois, Coles County EMT minimum. Yeah. And we usually have a paramedic too, right. which a paramedic can do surgery on you if they had to. Right. But I just, I we almost didn't open two weeks ago. Because and, yeah, yeah, I remember a that par- a, a paramedic didn't show up. At, 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 we were supposed to open it too at one thirty-five. I texted, "Hey, are you on your way?" Because they're supposed to be there at one thirty, half an hour prior. And at one forty-five, I called and I left a message, and I didn't get a call back. And so, in fifteen minutes, we got miraculously saved by a lady in Greenup who is really good friends with Ben and Chris, the, the people who own the bowling alley, who mm-hmm. pretty much work ninety-nine percent of our shifts. 
And in fact, Curtis is an S certified yeah. EMT. He drives an ambulance during the week. So technically, if Curtis is on the property, that's one person. That means I could throw somebody on the hill and they don't have to be certified. And Curtis has a radio and he right. can get there. Right. Well, at, at one point in time, uh, uh, Ben and Chris were in St. Louis. And Ben said, I'm leaving now. I'll be there in two hours. If Curtis can handle doing it for two hours, I'll be there. And then luckily we got a hold of that lady and I called Ben and I said, Ben, don't come. We, we got it covered. So right. they are so dedicated that they were two hours away and knew that we couldn't operate without an EMT <laughs> or a paramedic and they were going to come. Yeah. That, so, I, I yeah. Mean, we would be dead without them. So employees, employees, and then not at least break it even. Luckily, Donna and I don't need to make a ton of money to, uh, to keep the place open. Right. You know, we, we haven't taken any money in 13 years. And I tell you what, that's got to be, um, you know, Donna puts a lot of hours in there too. And, and she's sitting in that shack all weekend. You know, I, I just applaud her for, you know, everything that she's done throughout the years. I mean, you've got your daughter up in the tower. I believe it's the, your daughter, right? That runs the computer. Yep. And, yep. you know, <laughs> these kids are, you know, she's, she's young. She's, you know, wants to go out and run around. She spends her weekends at the racetrack and, and we all thank her for that because I know at that age, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I am, I am extremely blessed and extremely lucky to have the ones that we have. Cause all yeah. it takes is for one person almost to not show up, right. you know? Yeah. And you, you know, you've, you've had call-ins before and, you, and people see, you know, how, how much rougher it is on, you know, the track and the program getting through the day and, and everything going in an orderly fashion when you're missing a guy or you got a guy call in and you need an extra guy or you don't have enough people in the water box. You got, you know, you go over there and have to spray the apron with water because you don't have a guy back there doing it. It's, it, you know, we all see it whenever somebody calls in and we know that, you know, it, it, like you just said, I mean, it's only lacking one or two from calling in that really could, you know, <laughs> keep us from racing. So we definitely thank all of the employees for everything they do at Coles County Dragway. Um, I, I want to ask you one other thing. Um, if sure. you had, let's say, your top three upgrades that you would do to Coles County right now, forget about money, assume you have all you can want. What is the three things that you, the top three in order that you would love to do with that track? Because here I've said it before. You're not the type, you're not sticking money in your pocket. You're not doing this to make a living. You're doing this. And, and when you have successful years, you put the money back into the track. And I think we've all seen that. Um, and, you know, obviously you ain't done everything that you've wanted to do. So what would be the top three things that you would love to do the track for upgrades? Well, I would definitely love a new water box starting line to the 60 foot of concrete. Um, that stuff that we got is right. ancient. That's, yeah, it's as old as can be. <laughs> it's broken up. You know, uh, it's it's just it's just not the greatest. Right. Um, and so that and concrete retaining walls. Concrete retaining walls. Yep. Um, the guardrails are, you know, they work. Yeah. Um, but having the concrete would just we could get a better quality car to oh, come yeah. for, for right. quick stuff. Mm -hmm. Cause there's people that won't run on guardrails. Um, and, and I get it. Um, armor, armor code, I think they call it or something like that. Um, and, and so that's probably number two or number one, if you put those two together, 
Um, and believe it or not, we, we have had a company out to, uh, to kind of price that. Um, because at one time we did have someone who was interested in purchasing the property and doing the upgrades as long as I stayed and ran it. And mm-hmm. so of course that would be a huge benefactor for us. So, so we checked into it a- and then, um, you know, just more asphalt, um, along the, the return road, making it wider. You know, you guys got the dust pit yeah. for sure. You're not the only one. Um, oh, no. I have planted grass seed there for the last, I call it bird seed for the last three years. I've tilled that as soon as the last race happened, I've tilled it. I've thrown, I've thrown grass seed in there and it just, I cannot get anything to grow there. Um, <laughs> this year I've, I talked to a sod company up in Champaign, um, and they're confident that even they've came out and looked at the ground and the sand that's there and everything, that if we were to dig that out about three inches down and, and lay sod there, um, pretty much from Bob's area for about three feet and then your area, probably six foot. And then from probably spot 40 all the way up to the, uh, where the safety sits about six foot that, you know, we'd have a great transition and, and we could get rid of all that. But, uh, so that's not cheap. Right. Um, oh, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Your, your little area, right. Okay. Is, is about $1,200 inside yeah. to go, to go six foot wide and 200 foot long. Um, and that's pet, pedigree, pet, uh, sod up in Champagne. Mm-hmm. And that's us going up there and picking it up and us laying it. And us also using doing all the labor. And, yeah. Doing everything. They're just going to wow. give us the sod. <laughs> mm. So, um, but there is definitely alternatives other than the asphalt. I am um, at least, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, asphalt's probably the same price, right? Um, but um, does that just make the washout move back further? And now when your trailer sits, it's, it's rock. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to put electric. I, we were up at, at Martin and, and the first uh, 100 pit stalls had freaking electric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, right. God, would that be incredibly awesome? Yeah. I, you know, there's some at Terre Haute. And I, I don't know how that works as far as money wise and if they pay for themselves. I mean, I feel like those spots would get bought out definitely on big runny races. Um and, and I would say, you know, some people would probably rent the, or buy them spots if you had them uh, at the beginning of the year with the pit, you know, pit situation where you buy a stall and everything. But, yeah, it'd be nice. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I know you guys got a big weekend coming up. You got some wallies to be given out. You got some bonus money. I don't know all the details. You got some stuff going on Friday night. Uh, just give you a chance maybe to talk about that real quick before we uh, wrap things up. All right. Well, you know, we got our – this Friday we got our regular – uh, Pat printing, uh, Friday fun night, you know, Pat printing people are just absolutely incredible people. Part of that Pat family. Um, and, oh yeah. And they so print, that, printed up some flyers for us for the big Robbie Easton race. I can't say thanks. Thanks enough for that either, because that was, that was pretty awesome. You know, them, them flyers turned out awesome. Yeah, they, they absolutely did. And, and they do a wonderful job for us. Oh, yeah. um, and of course it's a prep track night, so that, that'll be a pretty good turnout. I'm sure. So you, you, um, you've also went to a few no prep races this year on Friday nights because of the traction compound. That was obviously an issue. Was that successful or not? Well, actually that was already on the schedule. <laughs> um, we used to have, uh, five no prep events on Friday nights a year. Um, that kind of, slowly faded away and this year we turned it down to just two august the 6th 
and I think October the 7th. So it just kind of worked out when we didn't have prep that we had that just happen to happen at the same time. Um, we didn't have a very good turnout. Um, we definitely did not have a good car count for the actual race and it was a cash right. day. Um, right. but, um, we had a lot of people want to come watch some really fast cars and, yeah. you know, they got to see, I think we had four in big tire and I think six in, in uh, street tire or whatever they wanted to call that. So, you know, we, we got one more, uh, like I said, the first of October, uh, but we really didn't do that no prep thing because of the traction compound problem. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. It well, just, I didn't know if the, like some of the Friday fun night stuff that you, there's every, every now and then you do like no prep on the Friday fun night stuff. Um, and I thought I was there one night, uh, the, and it seemed like there was a decent amount of people on the property. And I just, cause I thought it was prepped and I was like, wow, this is, I, somebody said it wasn't. And I'm like, wow, really? Uh, I didn't expect <laughs> the crowd to be, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Well, I'll tell you, I was shocked that I think you're talking about was about, well, I think it was like the August 6th one. Yeah, I think you're uh, right. Jeff Duncan showed up and, 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 uh, Doug Herman showed up Yep, and I thought, what in the world are these guys doing? I hope they know it's no prep. <laughs> and so of course I went to them to make sure that they knew. And they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. We just want to try it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, when we say it's no prep, we do still Drag. We scrape the track like we always do, but we do, do, do still apply rubber with, with the tractor. Yeah. And do you so, do one coat of glue before the race and then that's it? Or do you just not touch anything with glue? For the no prep, what we do is we scrape and then we drag a little bit, very short amount. Then we put some powder down and mm -hmm. we put a little bit of spray down and then we continue to drag on Thursday and Friday. And then on, on Friday, we would normally spray at like four o'clock, but if it's a no prep, we don't do anything else. That's it. Okay. Um, it's just the cars putting rubber down. Right. That makes it better. So if you got a bunch of street tires, yeah, forget it. It's going right. to be horrible. But if you have a bunch of slicks, mm -hmm. it can be. It can get very sticky. Believe it or not, right. it can. It can be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I've so, never been to it. I've never. I've never unloaded my car any kind of unprepped track, so I don't know how it would work. But yeah, it's interesting stuff. I mean, I, I mean, if I knew that my car would work, I'd I'd do it. I mean, I just I feel yeah. like you know, and it's only what ten dollars to run on a no prep track on Friday night. Yeah, it's ten bucks to get in, and that includes going down the track. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. I mean, anybody yeah, out there that's got a car that you know you want to go have a little fun in that's 10 bucks i don't know where you're going to get that it's 10 bucks to go race coles county or a really really huge fine if you get caught doing it on the street <laughs> <laughs> really you know a, a funny a funny side story to that is in hawaii we raced 12 months out of the year right of course it's beautiful points was 10 months out of the out of the 12 months um is that where your points raced, uh, we, schedule we, comes from <laughs> yep. No, no okay. actually, you know, I just tease it. You know, you get it. Everybody talks about the points now, and how many races we have. So now we're going to go on another side story. <laughs> we have less races in 2022 than happened in 2010. I, I have know that. You told taken me that. races away, yep. and it that that just like you said before. What is the magic key? Is it the big payout? Right. Well, I guess that's not it. Is it takeaway races? Well, I've been doing it for 10 years. I guess it's not that. I don't know what that answer is. But to get back to Hawaii. So they race, you know, 10 months out of the year for points. And the track gets sprayed one Saturday a month. 
Wow. That's it. Even for I mean, regular bracket programs and everything. One one Friday gets sprayed. We have our regular test and tune on Friday night. And then on Saturday, on Friday night, after the everything's done, we may scrape, we may not, but we do spray. And the whole track gets sprayed. And then it doesn't get sprayed for another month. And two weeks later, you'll have real legal NHRA pro stalkers or funny cars or alcohol funny cars show up and try to get down the track. Because 20 years ago, people worked on tuning their cars to wherever they're at. Yeah. They right. don't expect a track to be perfect. Right. And so it's just funny, you know, that just a short 20 years ago, you know, I bet you Gateway didn't spray every week 20 years ago. Right. But I guarantee you they do now. Oh, yeah. Everybody does. Right. Everybody right. does. You mm-hmm. have to. You yeah. Keep up with the Joneses. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, in today's world, it's all about, I mean, bracket racing's evolved a lot. I mean, everything with bracket racing is evolved, and you really, the, the, you know, you try to get your car to run the exact same number, and it's gotten so, you know, I remember racing 10 years ago, and you ran, you know, if you ran 200s off, that wasn't that big of a deal. Now, if you run 4,000s off, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. definitely evolved over the years, and people, you know, they want to go, to, they, they don't want to have to work on their car. If they build their car up, and, and they're building it to work uh, just about anywhere they go, so I get it. Yep, but, yep. Yeah, so you're going out some Wally's uh, Saturday. Is it all three yep. classes? Yep, NHRA TV Challenge means Super Pro, Pro, and Sportsman. And then on Sunday, it's uh, another Summit ET Points Day, and it's the 9-11th Remembrance Race. So we talk about 9-11 just a little bit and usually have a little bit of a ceremony. Mm-hmm. But this year, Denny Katz and Randy Katz and Dragon Racing Fuel have come on board, and, and they're putting extra money into the super pro pro and, uh, and sportsman classes. It's going to be an extra owner and these are cash bonuses. So it's right. a regular payout plus the king of the track payout. Mm-hmm. Plus the super pro winner gets an additional $400 cash. The pro winner gets an additional $300 cash and the sportsman winner gets an additional $200 cash. Awesome. Um, and so that's big. Thanks to Denny and Randy Katz and dragon racing fuel. Yeah yeah definitely those guys that's that's pretty good i I mean so you know if you get you know 35 pro cars you're talking that's a pretty good chunk of change to win uh pro class i mean or 30 super pro cars that's that's a pretty good payout for sunday so hopefully some of these people that are racing saturday that you know showing up for wallies or just points or whatever maybe they'll think about staying racing again i know you know we've beat this on the head a million times whether you know sundays are the way to go or not but and you know some people will say well maybe you should pay more but then you know if you do that you take the risk that you're still not going to get the cars and um you know i i, I want to see it succeed i don't want this track to ever go away so uh huge shout out to them guys for you know throwing a little extra money out there and, and trying to make it work and, and that then he came to me and he said you know i i want to I want to throw some money at a Sunday and see if that helps. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I'm not going to refuse that. Oh, um, no. Right. You know, we don't charge him anything for that. It's, you know, we take that money and put it right to the racers. So yeah, right. We'll, we'll try We'll try just about anything for sure. Well, um, and then, of course, we should have our bracket final uh, T-shirts available this weekend. They're, oh, they're supposed, nice. They're, they're, they're supposed to be delivered tomorrow, I believe. I talked to them this morning. I think they're going out tonight. You should be having them available tomorrow. Are you pretty excited about this year's bracket finals team, dude? <laughs> if we don't, I, I, I'm serious. If we don't win a team championship and at least one divisional champion, I, I will be disappointed. Yeah, um, I, I get we, it. It's been a while. Our team, 
our team is incredible. I mean, we always take good racers. Right. But this year, I think our bottom of the, you know, the bottom side of the rank order, or however you want to call it, is just about as good as the top. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, we don't have a duck going. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm really expecting, really expecting big things. Did you um, find anybody with an electric vehicle? We do have. There is, yes. So we, we got somebody representing an, an we electric got it, vehicle. We got, it, we got at least one, and potentially you can have two. Right. Um, and you know what? That <laughs> two people from NHRA Division Three is going to be going to Vegas from the EV category. Right. The winner and the runner-up. Yep. So, yes, Coles County has a shot at an EV Division Three championship for sure. Have you? Do you know who's racing the EV for us? I do. Is it Chad Isley? Yes, it is. <laughs> so this is why you're saying you're disappointed if you don't get to go to Vegas this year. <laughs> well, here's a, here's a little secret, okay? I've already got tickets booked. <laughs> oh, putting the jinx on him. <laughs> I got, you know, I, 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 I was going no matter what. No matter what. It, you know, Vegas is a... Uh, you're either going to be at the racetrack or at the uh, craps table. <laughs> I'll, I'll be at the... I'll be at the I will be at the race no matter what, but I'll probably sit across the table or two too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, me and uh, Carl are definitely going no matter what. It, it, in Hawaii, um, everyone goes to the Vegas race, oh, okay. um, and so we're going to be able to visit with a lot of old friends um, and hopefully be going there uh, to see you or, or your dad or, or somebody you know representing us in uh, one of the categories at uh, at the national event i mean it is so awesome chad will be able to tell you about it travis will be able to tell you about it you know well if i is, don't win it and i don't get a chance to go put 20 on a yellow 11 for me <laughs> no, no problem. it would be fun to go um I, I i've always said that i would never go to pomona uh if i won the et bracket finals and i had a you know it's a tough decision to actually go to vegas because of my schedule and having to take off that much time of work but uh vegas is the only reason that would get me there because it is at vegas <laughs> and i'm a big fan of well, vegas I'm, just like yourself so i I'm think sure that would somebody. be I'm sure somebody would be able to get your hot rod there. You yeah, just have to that's what sure everybody's. That, uh, your company has you delivered on the West Coast that week. Right. <laughs> Make a little quick pit stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it would be fun, and I think that would be the deciding factor of uh, just the fact that it's in Vegas. So it would be awesome to go to. Um, look, I know we've been on here. We've been doing this a while, and I'm, I'm going to say that there's definitely some people you want to say thank you to for. I mean, you've been doing this 13 years. Um, you know, some people don't, you know, get along with you. Some people do some, you know, some people have issues. Some people don't. It's, it's part of the growing pains of running a business for 13 years and especially a drag strip. Um, I thought, you know, you've done an, a fantastic job of putting money back into the track and keeping it going. And without you, we might not have a place to race at. So I just want to say thank you for that. Um, anybody that you has helped you out along the way, giving you advice or just been there for you, you want to say thank you to before we end this. You know, if if I did that, Rusty, first it'd of be all, another would, hour. <laughs> it would, and I would probably forget seven yeah. or eight. People. But honestly, there are so many. You know, that from the time that we've gotten the track until today, 
Mm-hmm. And it is because of them, okay, that we are still there. Right. Because there's seven that aren't happy, but there's 80 that are happy. Yeah. And, and that's what drives me. And I tell you that I feel committed to the community and mm-hmm. I feel committed to the racers. Well, that's the reason why. Because if I walked away, I feel like I would be letting them down. Would it, so, would it ever be a goal of yours to get the seven people that may that don't come back? I mean, I don't know if that's quite seven, but there's obviously some people that do not come back to Coles County uh, that you you know maybe you have had a difference with. Would it ever? Does, do you ever think about how you could get them people back? Uh, maybe ten years ago I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I think about that anymore. I, I truly believe that I am doing everything I possibly can and making the best decisions that I can for the track. And if it's, if it's one or twosies, you know, right. I have, I have learned that you cannot please everyone. Right. 10 years ago, I would have done everything. I mean, there's one family, they're coming back now. They've been back a few times this year that, you know, I gave them, I can't tell you how many, they didn't pay to race the first five years that they came. They didn't pay one single time and I couldn't make them happy. (laughs) And so, you know, that was a cost of business that I probably shouldn't have done. Yeah. And so, you know, I guess I just don't think that way necessarily anymore. I I mean, people will tell me, you've told me, you can't please everyone, Rod. And so if I'm pleasing the majority, then that's probably the best I'm going to do. Absolutely. And, And if I and if I don't please the majority, then, you know, we'll, we'll close up because nobody will be coming right. and, and, you know, and then I failed and that's, I don't like failure at this so. point right now. You have not failed. I feel like you're, you're, you're still doing it. And as for as long as you're not failing, I feel like you're going to still stick around. Is that, it, oh, I mean, absolutely. yeah, you know, yeah, you, you've made the comment that you wouldn't mind handing the keys over and that way you can just start racing every week. But uh, I mean, looking at it, you you don't feel like you failed, right? Uh, there's there's times that I do, um, especially on a race day when we have to stop, and because of something that may or have happened, and I'm trying to figure out the best thing. So at right. those point in times, or or the Mondays when I go out there and, and I see the comments, I you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve for sure, mm-hmm. and uh, I. You know, I, like we were talking about before on the criticism, I, I want to hear it. I'd much rather hear it over the phone or in person and talk about it and give me some suggestions to fix it. Don't just give me the complaint. Right. Um, because, you know, I think it could be much more beneficial. But when I, when, I don't, when I don't know about it and all of a sudden I see on Facebook that these three things happen or something, so like, what? How come nobody said anything to me? What do you mean that? Yeah, I, I you know. weren't working. What? I see my point of view on that situation. I feel like if I come to you one-on-one and I tell you something that I've heard, you know, I've heard five people say it in the lanes just in 30 minutes, or I've heard 10 people throughout the weekend say it. I feel like if I, I feel like if I call you and tell you about it, I'm the only person that's going to call you and tell you about it. So it's like, you know, how much thought is he going to put into it if he heard it from one guy? And, and you know, there's times that I, you know, I, I will not necessarily 
blatantly put it on Facebook, but there's times I'll put it on there on social media just because I feel like some of the people that I talked to that, that agreed with me or that were all talking about the same thing, they might hit the like button, they might comment, and, and because there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there that don't want to talk to you one-on-one, that, that would rather not get involved, but yet they have their opinions and they talk about them all day long up in the staging lanes or in the pits, and those are the people that bug me because it's like, you know what... I have a strong opinion about something and obviously you agree with it, but yet you won't back me up on it. Um, and, <laughs> and so, and it's like, you know, it, it's damned if you do damned, if you don't, if I don't say anything, then nobody gets it. Nobody talks about it. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough situation. Well, know this rusty. I, I said this earlier. Okay. I consider you a friend. Mm-hmm. And so if you come to me and you say, Rod, there's six people. There's 20 people. I'm not going to ask your name. Right. Okay. But I'm going to take what you say very seriously. Now, there may be some other people that come up to me and say, I've got 55 people right now. And I think the actual <laughs> word was 35. <laughs> and not one single person can come up to me afterwards. I took that with a little left brain. Right. I, I got you. Mm-hmm. So, if you hear something, if you see something, and it's something that needs to be corrected immediately, come to me. Yeah. Okay. Come to me. Mm-hmm. Pull me off to the side. Okay. And and don't come at me attacking. Oh no 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 no. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Rod is going to then probably be defensive of. Greg oh yeah, for whatever, sure. Whatever it is, and and, and then it's going to get stupid, and and, yeah. and that's probably where I mess up sometimes. Like I said, and it's happened. But if and if we talk about it though, right? I guarantee you. My sole intent is to have things right and, and to do it right. And, and so sometimes, you know, I can't just look back and oversee things and see how it's going. Cause I'm in the staging lanes right, pairing you guys right. up or, or picking the buyout. So mm-hmm. I, I miss a ton of stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, sure. So talk to me. Oh yeah. I, I just, <laughs> like I said, and, and I've gotten better about, you know, and, and I, there's been times that I've been frustrated over something that, you know, and, and I've gotten to the point where it's just, you know, I know I've seen it up in the staging lanes. I've seen, you know, the face to faces, I've seen the arguments, I've seen the yelling, and it's like, you know, I would be this exact same way. If somebody come up to me, <laughs> you know, you can already see a blood vessel popping out of their head before they even get to you, you know, <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> You know, you kind of got to, and I'm the same way I'm hotheaded. I get defensive and it's going to turn into a bad situation. And I've just gotten to the point where it's like, you know, if something's wrong, just go up there calmly and say, look, here's the deal, you know? And and I feel like that it would just be, uh, uh, you know, people don't understand that there's nothing wrong with a little bit of criticism every now and then. If you see something or something happen, there's a way to approach it. There's obviously better ways to approach it than just go up there and start yelling or screaming. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if somebody has issues and they don't bring it to your attention, obviously there's nothing you can do about it. So, um, you know, uh, social media is, it is what it is. People put stuff out there all the time. You know, always going to have to deal with it. Um, I've put things out there. I, I know a lot of people have, and I know that some of it just, you know, I know it gets under your skin. Um, you know, we did the podcast live in the pits or live in the, uh, kicking it in the sticks a couple of weeks ago. I know there was some stuff said that, you know, and I knew it as soon as I posted, I'm like, boy, oh boy, boy, this one's going to touch a nerve on a few things. After I listened back to it, I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> but, uh, I, it's I all actually, fun and games. Um, you know, I actually thoroughly enjoyed that, believe it or not. <laughs> um, the only thing that upset me was that the EMT paramedics, could they save your life kind of deal that. 
That really struck a nerve with yeah, me. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it was just jokingly. Because, you know, back when Christy uh, Fisher did it, everybody knew Christy because she was dating Rob. <laughs> so she was just yep. part of the community. And, you know, I honestly, I don't even know if I would be able to pick out, like, a if if you lined up five people in a um, room, I don't know if I could pick out our EMT because I never really pay that much attention to them. So it's one of them deals. You don't huh. know the person. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think well, that was all jokingly. Christy was a trauma nurse at one time. So yeah. she, her and Sarah are, I mean, they are better than probably any EMT would be any day along the lines. But you know, what's funny is legally they don't count. I can't, I can't use Christy and Sarah to do the work and not have an EMT on the property. Right. Right. Believe it or not. I mean, that's the craziest thing in the world. A trauma nurse. Mm -hmm. We used to have a heart surgeon that ran at the track and that <laughs> and, wouldn't uh, count. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's like what? So, whatever. Yeah. Well, listen, I really do appreciate you taking I know we've been at this for almost an hour and 20 minutes and it was Oh my god. <laughs> it was uh really uh, I thought it was an awesome interview and we got touched on just about everything. We touched on a lot more than I actually had written down here. I've got a list and I pretty much had it all crossed out in the first 10 minutes. So, <laughs> it oh, went really well and I appreciate you doing this. I know that you're a busy man. Um and we're looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me and hope to see everybody at the races. All right, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks, Rod. Thank you, sir. Uh -huh. Bye. What an awesome interview with uh, Rod Velen. Got to uh, hear his side of the stuff, you know, his side of the um, operation over there at Coles County Dragway. And uh, just got to learn a little bit about Rod and his history with racing and everything. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And I, I kind of figured it'd be a long interview, and it was. And there was nothing wrong with that because we had a lot to cover. And uh, we went into a lot of stuff, and and uh, probably some of you people might have learned some things, and some of them you might have already known them. But either way, I learned a few things, and um, I enjoyed that. So um, that's pretty much going to be it for our show today, uh, this week. And uh, like I said, we'll be back into this full time uh, from here on out, pretty much. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure we're racing from here on out, uh, other than bracket finals. And like I said, there will probably be a special edition kicking it in the pits over there at the bracket finals to get a few people that aren't always there at Coles County on a Friday night uh, to get them, maybe give them a chance to get on here and have a little fun. Also, this weekend, um, over at Rick Scott's, uh, by the way, yeah, Rick Scott's is the place to hang out, apparently. So, um, all the food you could ever want. It's not, it's not save a lot food, by the way. It's, it's, it's uh, Walmart food. <laughs> But, uh, anyway, we're going to have some karaoke over there, too. So good times uh, coming up this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. We hope you all are coming out. Uh, support your local racetrack and uh, have a good time down there on Friday night. And then uh, do some bracket racing on Saturday and Sunday. Like I said, got Wally's on Saturday. Got extra money on Sunday. Why not? Where else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Where else are you going to go uh, for that kind of money? And, and you know, the obviously the Wallies. So uh, looking forward to this weekend. We hope to see you all out there. And that is going to be it for our show.